Good afternoon. Welcome to Coffee and Conversation, a podcast brought to you by the Del Norte County Office of Education and Del Norte County Unified School District. My name is Jeff Harris. I'm the superintendent of schools for Del Norte County. And basically in the next 20 minutes or so, the time it takes you to sit down and have a cup of coffee or a glass of tea or a Coke or something with one of your friends, we're going to have a conversation about things that are um, important or we hope that are important to our families and our community. So um, today we're going to be talking a little bit about attendance because we've got some big things coming up on the horizon. And um, this year for the first time, we also have a lot more support um, with attendance and helping families. So uh, joining me today are Jennifer Bartholomew, who is a family engagement liaison, a brand new job classification, job category in our district. Welcome. Thank you. Happy to be here. And joining us too is Lisa Howard. And you've heard from Lisa before as we've talked about MTSS and attendance and social emotional support. So Lisa, welcome. Thank you so much. It's always a pleasure. And then... um, we're bringing back the ever popular Ryan Botten. Wow. Thank yeah, you. You like that? I do. That's good. I still can't remember your title. Director of Information Network Services. There we go. So um and and Ryan, for those of you who may not know, Ryan's department is ever growing because of the number of devices that are out there, but he also handles everything that your child and your family touches that's technologically related that has to do with our district. And so Ryan's going to talk a little bit about some changes you're going to see on your child's record as it relates to independent study attendance. So um, if it's okay, everybody, I'm just going to toss out some questions. Let's have a conversation because prior to COVID, there was a lot of focus put on attendance eliminating chronic absenteeism. So for those folks who don't know, if a child misses school for any reason, excused or unexcused, um, and they miss 10% or more of the entire school year, so that's 18 days out of a 180-day school year, the state categorizes that child as chronically absent. And again, it's not because a parent didn't do their job. It's just because that child missed 10% of the school year, again, for any reason, illness, um, uh, bereavement, uh, religious holiday, quarantine, anything. Um, Post-COVID, what we're seeing, and I think pre-COVID, where were we, Lisa, with our numbers? We were at... For the total district, oh, about 20% chronic absenteeism. Yep. And then and then now post-COVID, what we're seeing and what some of our larger areas are seeing are numbers in the 50s and 60% chronic absenteeism. So why, in your opinion, the three of you, is it so important or maybe more important now that we focus on absenteeism than it was even before COVID? Well, we need to get back into the routine of day-to-day in-person attendance. And that means a whole family shift. That means the family routine has to be set up to proficiently get a child ready for school in the morning with the backpack ready and the lunches packed and everybody up on time and moving out the door. And we know that can be tricky, especially if you have a whole herd of family members you're moving out to multiple schools in a morning. So we appreciate any effort that families are making in that regard. I think we also have to think about how COVID impacted our families. We are seeing that devastation, I would think, um, now with 
parents losing their jobs. Um, so we have a lot of families in poverty. Um, COVID helped with that, impacted that. Mm -hmm. um, so as far as the school district adding family engagement liaisons, we're able to help with resources for the family. You know, if getting to know the family and uh, building a relationship, we find out, oh, you know, parents are struggling with transportation. Um, they don't have gas. They can't afford gas. What can we do to help them get their child to school? Um, any outside resources. If we meet with the parents, they feel comfortable in telling us their needs. Mm -hmm. We can reach out to resources throughout the community to help them. So, you know, Jennifer, that that's an interesting thing because, um, you know, for a while we've talked with our probation officer who works with our school district. And um, those of you who know uh, Officer Dave Hernandez, he's just does a great job. Um, but when Chief Raymond and I first talked about bringing that probation officer on board, we really wanted to make sure that it wasn't punitive, right? That it really was about supporting people, that it was about really working upstream and supporting families and students um, in a preventative and an early intervention model. So I know, Lisa, you, you do a lot talking about multi-tiered systems of support, and there is kind of this tier one, which means this is what everybody gets, tier two, which a few people need, and then tier three, which is really that intensive work that we do with a few of our families. But Jennifer, how does the, and Lisa, how does the family engagement liaison tie in to those tiers of, of support for not only the child, but the family in supporting attendance? Well, I'll start it off by saying that in tier one, all families and students are receiving this positive and welcoming climate on school. And that includes all staff members. And it's not just the family engagement liaison or the teacher that your student sees. And by building those relationships, that is the foundation from where we build. And so it's after the child begins school and they start to miss 10% or more of the school days. So if two months goes by and we've had 40 school days and they're already missing four days or more, that's where our tier two and our family engagement liaison kicks in. They're watching the data as students are um, attending school and then making those personalized phone calls for outreach. So Jennifer, how's that work? Um, I look in the ARIES system um, or the A2A and check attendance, um, check who... I should be calling and checking in just to see what I can do to help. When I reach a parent, I have a conversation with them about their child child's attendance, sorry, um, and the fact that with them missing school, they're missing instruction, they're missing learning, missing their friends. Um, but it goes into a deeper conversation as far as how the family's doing. Mm -hmm. Is there anything that the district or myself can offer? Um, and I've had conversations with parents who just, I felt like needed someone to talk to. Right. Um, they're, they're just having a rough time, um, with transportation, with finances, um, a child's behavior. They don't want to bring the child to school because their behavior is escalated. Um, and helping them with navigating that, mm -hmm. whether it's reaching out to the school counselor, um, if that's getting an SST set up, um, 
basically offering everything in my toolbox <laughs> to uh, make sure that we're supporting them so that their child gets to school, but then they also feel like they have an ally um, and they don't feel like we're just coming against them because their child's not at school. Right. So, you know, I think the difference really is we've, we've asked families for a long time to reach out, right? But it's hard to reach out to the principal who sometimes you feel might be judging you or holding you accountable or, or to the teacher, you know, who's like, Hey, your, your child has been to school. It's hard to teach them. Even, even though they may be extremely supportive, both the principal and the teacher. Um, but the family engagement liaison, I think adds a different twist to really helping with attendance. Right. Because again, it goes to that, how, how are families able to access supports early on? And what might those supports both in school and out of school be? Uh, and and just how how do they do it? And I think you help navigate that system, right? I do. I've been able to help a family sign up for Medi-Cal, um, gotten them the paperwork to do that. Mm -hmm. um, that was a resource that they really needed. I had a family that uh, was unable to drive uh, their child needed a COVID test. So I delivered a COVID test mm -hmm. to their home. If they call and we can talk and work through whatever they need, I'm willing to do whatever I need to do. I think as a community, I mean, we all say it takes a village. Right. Um, and we need to be part of that village, <laughs> you know, offer that help and be willing to drive downtown and get a, a packet for Medi-Cal to deliver something to a family to pick a child up right. and get them to school if we have to. So, and Lisa, this also ties into a lot of the work that you've done with like Connect Del Norte and the Del Norte Wellness Center, um, where parents can actually go, families can go and they can say, this is a struggle I'm having. They can kind of peruse that and then reach out to Jennifer or her colleagues at other school sites and say, hey, can you help me with this? Right. That's right. You know, if you're not very good at accessing the internet as far as navigating to the resource you're looking for, family engagement liaisons are there to help you walk through and find and find that comfort zone to uh, do the communal outreach that you need. Uh, figure that family resource uh, or family engagement liaisons are really the ones that have the open door to engage with you. So it isn't uh, that it's a one-way street that kids walk in the door. We're expecting families to walk in the door. And we love that you um, connect with us, whether it's email, a phone call, a walk-in, uh, to be able to do that. And whether it's an online resource that we connect you to, uh, helping you make appointments and making phone calls, we do have Del Norte system of care of just local pamphlets and resources we can hand you. So there's so many different ways to access. Just ask. So I just want to jump in here and just say that, you know, I've been sitting back and and oftentimes, uh, not all the time, really, I'm looking at the data, right? And I get disconnected. And I think some of us may have a tendency to be disconnected that this is attendance data and we need to generate attendance or ADA. Um, it's just so good to hear that, you know, Jennifer said it early on, like she's looking at our student information system. She's looking at, um, you know, our letter, letter generation system and it, she's using those numbers, which to me sometimes can be numbers. And she's making efforts with the human side of what those numbers impact. It's just, it's really good reminder for me. And I think for all of us, and I just want to jump in here kind of halfway through that it's really, it's really good to see that that's happening. Um, that it's not just numbers. These are people 
And the numbers are informing us, enabling, helping those people, those families. Yeah, and I think that's a big part. The numbers are telling us who needs the most critical support, because whether it's a chronic absenteeism or whether it is, uh, and again, I'm going to say whether it's a chronic absenteeism where the family is well aware of why the child has been out and they've communicated with the school why the child has been out, um, there may still be some support we can provide. Or if it's unexcused absences or truancies that do need to be dealt with in a slightly different manner, we can do that too. Um, you know, so I think the 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 important piece too is, and I really like, I don't know, Ryan, I like that kind of as a segue into the conversation that we've had about families and, and the support that our family engagement liaisons provide, because I think one of the biggest criticisms that we as an organization get whenever we talk about attendance is, well, you only want my child at school for the money. Right. For the past, what, two, three years, the money has not depended on attendance. And yet our efforts to increase attendance, to support families, to support students has increased, I think, more than it ever has. And so I just want to throw out there that this is not about the money this is really about trying to help families and get children in school so that they can get the best education we can provide so that they're ready for the next step. But Ryan, I think that also brings us to something else that's within your purview. Mm -hmm. And that is um, independent study because independent study, because of COVID, has really expanded. But AB 130 really changed how we could approach independent study. And so there's been a lot this year, especially of um, uh, instances of, of independent study packets going out. But part of AB 130 that a lot of people didn't really catch or pay attention to was it said after 14 days of independent study, all independent study had to meet the criteria under AB 130. And that didn't happen across the board. No, it didn't. And that some of that criteria, you know, took bits and pieces of what we had the prior school year when right. we were out with COVID. Um, that daily live interaction piece, that tracking of, of daily, you know, daily Zoom interaction, daily live interaction. Um, and it really, it, again, it triggered, like you said, Jeff, at, at day 15 and beyond, anything beyond 14 days. Um, you know, we made the decision early on this as an organization um, that those additional requirements for, you know, because students are going to be out and in often case have been this year, for well over 15 days on oh, yeah. short-term independent study. You know, you could have, we've heard of students being, you know, in different levels of quarantine for various reasons, four, five, six times. Those are a lot of days you, you can't be here. And we don't want to be punitive right. about that. Well, up until January, we had students that were out a cumulative 30 or 40 days just because of quarantine. Right. And the students were doing the right thing. The parents were doing the right thing. The schools mm -hmm. were doing the right thing by providing those short-term independent study packets. Um, and so kind of to that end, what we've had to do recently is is kind of adjust some of those attendance codes. So this is just kind of an FYI for parents. You know, you're going to see some changes on your student's record. Mm -hmm. um, if you have a student that was on, you know, 15 or more days of short-term independent study, um, you know, some of those codes are going to going to change. So they may have been, you know, um, you know, quarantine short-term independent study or regular short-term independent study. Those codes are just going to change simply to a quarantine or a justified um, absence. And we, we had to do that because we, we don't want to, unfortunately, there is still, you know, 
reporting to be made. Oh, uh, the state still <laughs> looks at everything. They still ask us to report our ADA. Well, we don't want, we can't, uh, you know, report ADA for for, 15, for beyond 15 days of short-term independent study because we don't want to run that risk, um, you know, of not meeting those additional requirements, that, dis- right. that, that the daily live interaction tracking piece. And so that's, that's kind of the rationale behind it. To be 100% clear here and transparent, this is not punitive and, you know, you're not going to be getting any letters on these code changes. You know, we've excluded, um, exempted these code changes from generating any kind of excessive excused, um, you know, or unexcused absence or chronic absenteeism letters. So just this is more of an FYI. This change is happening. You know, we have our rules we have to follow that we're making these changes for. But um, again, not anything punitive, just kind of an FYI again. And I do think that, you know, it's important to say, and I think this goes back to the conversations that some of you may be having with Jennifer and her colleagues later on, um, or with Ryan and and his or site principal, is if your child still does have to be out on an independent study, um, go ahead, ask for that packet, complete that packet, sign that contract, get the work done, bring it back, because that then that will show up as that what's called a personal justification or that per just that you may see on the attendance form. Um, and of course, if they're out sick, you're going to call in sick, right? But um, if you don't, if the child is gone more than five days and you don't complete the independent study, then those do go in as unexcused absences and that may trigger some other things. So um, I know Ryan, you and I have had the conversation about why even do independent study if it's not going to be counted. But I think that that, that still allows families to say, hey, my child does need to be gone. We are taking responsibility. We're taking care of this um, versus just not coming to school. Which, right. And I mean, 99.999% are, they're out there doing, I mean, Jennifer, you see it, I'm sure they're doing the right they're thing. They're, the right they're trying. Thing. I mean, yeah. and that's why, you know, these contracts, you know, we say contract and it sounds heavy and serious. It, you know, it's just an agreement that says, while you're not here, we're going to continue to provide the best education possible. And this is, this is who's responsible for that. And this is your responsibility at home as a parent and a student. So um, that's really what the, the goal of those are. I have had conversations with parents who have called in and said, you know, my child's going to be out all week. So we offer that. Sure. We offer them independent study. Um, we let them know we're going to get that packet ready. Please come in. Um, I really encourage parents, whether it's one day or five days, please call us. Mm-hmm. Let us know. Um, we can get that documented in the system. If there's something you need, that's the perfect time to let us know. Right, because attendance is learning opportunities. A lot of times, again, people just say, oh, that's an A, it's a blank spot. But what that is, is a missed opportunity to learn. And whether that's through independent study or in person, it still matters. And uh, this is one of those crucial years where we're even gearing up for independent study contracts to even start the school year off. So not only are we ready to attend to your student now, But note that if you are part of one of our local tribes going to do those big dances in the fall in August and you already know your family will be gone for the first week or two, we'll be ready for you. Those site secretaries will be ready for you. If you come in and you say, we're going to need a contract for my first grader, they'll have it ready for you and uh, you'll be off and on your way. And that learning opportunity will still be there. Because again, at the end of the day, it's about students. And it's about helping students access their education, right? So we're kind of at the end of time. Um, Any last words? Jennifer, Lisa, Ryan? 
as far as attendance goes, I just what I've seen, students want to be there. Yeah. They want to be at school. They want to be with their friends. They love their teachers. Recess. Um, <laughs> they want to that be was there. My best subject. It yeah. is fun. Um, and you know, in looking at the data, I see kids, you know, with chronic absences and see that they're, you know, on average one to two grades below. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just really important they're there because if they're not there, they're not learning. So, and we love to have them. Yeah. School is a whole student, whole family experience, and we love to see all of you participating in school, whatever it might be, just the drop off and pick up. It might just be the coming for the monthly assemblies that we'll be able to resume and have the family engagement nights back in gear this spring. We love to see you whenever you arrive. So please, we we welcome that and whole family attendance. Again, I'll just second, just selfishly, this was great for me personally. I'm just going to speak for myself. Just remember, just the reminder that this is why we're here. You know, this is why, you know, bug people. Can you get that attendance in? You know, can you get that contract signed? Like, it's about the student and it's about the family. So I just, a timely reminder for me, kind of refreshing. Well, and I think at the end of it all, it goes back to what we've talked about. It is about the student, but more than that, it's about the entire family coming together to support students in their education because after 19 years of school, it's time to take that next step, which is either going to be college or trade school or into the workforce or or for some kids both or all the above. And, And it really is important that everybody, you know, it's not just the broader village that has to help raise the child. It's also every house within that village. And so I would just encourage you um, this spring when it is time to do your child's back to school night, your family lunch, whatever it is, that you go. Um, Get to know people again, face to face, if you're comfortable with that. Um, If you're not comfortable just being out there yet, um, see how you can get involved. Uh, Because there there are multiple, multiple ways. And if you do have questions, Every school has a family engagement liaison, so reach out to them. Uh, If you have additional questions about attendance or um, the uh, Del Norte Wellness Center or Connect Del Norte, feel free to give us a call at 464-6141. You can talk to Lisa or Ryan. Um, That information is also at dnusd.org. And if you haven't, then we would also encourage you to download our app, that you can get on um, iTunes or Google Play Store. And I think you get just a lot of information and it'll, if you haven't been that involved yet, that'll help you get involved. And if you have been involved, that'll help you stay informed. So um, thank all three of you for joining me. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you. And we hope everybody has a great spring break. <laughs>